Matriarchy is an intersectional collective that brings POC African women together for the empowerment and development of African cities and spatial education. Hello to whoever's listening and welcome to our next episode of our Matriarchy audio channel. To mention a few things before we get into the episode itself, the original article of this episode was posted on www.matri-archy.com on the 11th of June 2017 and was written by Kinsani de Klerk. So, today's episode is titled Transport in Cape Town Intermodality equals access, learning from the informal taxi system. Today's episode is in fact a sequel to a co-produced film on intermodality in Cape Town that was recently published on Matriarchy in relation to the publication date of this episode, which was 2017 June. The film involved four city planning students going on a journey through Cape Town using only public transport. The journey will serve as a case study and personal anecdote that speaks to and strengthens a molding of understanding transport systems in Cape Town. Essentially, this episode will speak on intermodality and its relationship to access. The UN document on planning and design for sustainable urban mobility puts it perfectly when saying, modal integration is also an essential prerequisite for urban accessibility. Europe and global north cities have shown the effectiveness of intermodality we can acknowledge, but in global south cities, where informal transport systems flourish, and there is a distinctly different way of knowing and being and navigating, how do we begin to debunk and rethink intermodality in the formal and informal transport system interface in our particular context being the greater South Africa? The journey around Cape Town was a UCT honours project that sought to give students an understanding of how the transport system in Cape Town worked from an experiential point of view. And from this began a conversation around degrees of efficiency, both in the formal and informal transport system. A week before the project, I can remember sitting in a talk by Director of Centre for Transport Studies at UCT, Roger Behrens, who spoke on various modes of transport and the pragmatics of infrastructure that come along with that in extensive detail. It is important to give definition to what kinds of transport systems are in Cape Town for this particular episode to be an effective means of conversation. Transport systems can be formal and informal, as well as public and private. The formal public transport system in Cape Town is comprised of the metro rail, the bus system, and the BRT, which means bus-based road transport. The full golden arrow buses we often see on congested roads are an example of the bus system. The unreliably late, unmaintained train is an example of the metro rail system. And then the often empty, rather unaffordable, yet very comfortable My City buses roaming around on their designated routes are a good example of the BRT system. 
Then there are private forms of formal transport, such as the private car, which seems to be the mode of preference in South Africa, which is a big misfortune if you ask me, and other forms of private formal transport, such as Uber, Taxify, and meter cabs that cater to a higher income bracket population. The informal transport system in Cape Town is comprised dominantly of the minibus taxi system, which acts as a capillary network between nodes. These nodes often do not give walking distance access to users who would like to get to their destination with time in mind. And so this is why we refer to this informal system as a capillary network that gives access to these people. These taxis cater to short distance trips and function at a significantly lower price than that of the formal system, making it more affordable to majority of the population. So this brings us to our big question. Is public transport in Cape Town effective? Let's use the hypothetical example where the one lane of all roads in Cape Town are dedicated to the My City bus system. To add to the scenario, the My City becomes efficient in reducing time of travel due to no traffic, even with frequent stops. So it is no secret that population growth is increasing and at an exceptional rate. And so with one less lane, congestion for private cars is guaranteed. And so we reach a stage where the My City becomes the preferred mode of transport to those who previously depended or preferred using private cars. And with this increase in usage of the BRT, the maintenance costs would be more easily covered, leading to a potential decrease in travel fares. However, this caters to the middle income to high income commuter, which I suspect the My City has been designed for from the get go. The problem lies in this public service being unable to accommodate the low income bracket population. Because the truth is, a huge portion of commuters within this bracket do not have the privilege of considering opportunity cost. And so even if the My City bus were to be implemented holistically over Cape Town, reaching the periphery in the same fashion that minibus taxis do, without a decrease in fares, it would still be unaffordable to majority of the population. And so we would find ourselves exactly where we are now, with empty My City buses running on schedule and overloaded minibus taxis driving parallel with commuters getting off at many of the same stops. A big observation that I've made from a few readings I've come across on transport, including that of Julio de Davalia and Peter Brand's book titled Urban Mobility and Poverty, Lessons from Medellin and Soacha, Colombia, highlights that the answer does not lie in formalizing the informal. In fact, it is far from that. From conversations with my colleagues who went on this journey around Cape Town, we realized and suggested that lessons need to be learned from the informal taxi system. Firstly, the mere fact that this system was created through the agency of people and is a self-sustaining and complex economic model is reflective of how effective it is as a transport system. But what do we mean by effective and efficient? Because there are degrees of both in both the formal and informal public transport systems. We arrived at a brainstorm and discussion on efficiency. The formal public transport system is efficient in that, if well-maintained, it can be fully reliable in terms of 
following a schedule. And this is in particular mentioned to the metro rail, which does not have to consider traffic of other vehicles. However, the current metro rail is poorly maintained and therefore not an efficient mode of transport when considering time and punctuality. With a focus on the BRT system, this formal transport system is also efficient in having set routes, schedules, maps, and catering to disabilities through the design of the vehicle itself. The loading of money onto cards reduces dwell time when getting on and off the bus, and so this adds to reducing the time spent at each stop, allowing the trip to be faster than that, where cash transaction takes place with a, a physical exchange of money. Then there is the informal transport system, and why it is extremely effective in its own right. The commuter can negotiate to stop along the route of the taxi, which means that when you catch a taxi, your travel time by foot is reduced and access to the system is expanded. Here, there is value in cash transaction as a means of money exchange because this means that one can hop on the taxi sporadically without having to access a main vendor to purchase a card and load money onto that card. Arguably so. Simple card vending machines in my city stops could eliminate this problem. The informal taxi system speaks to access because it is affordable, frequent, and acts as a capillary network that reaches a broader area of Cape Town. This makes it convenient for the commuter to leave their house, walk to the closest taxi, which is not too far away from them, guaranteed, and commute to the next intermodal node that will allow them to either switch taxis or opt for formal transport that will take them to their desired location. Where the informal system works more efficiently, in my opinion, is in the fact that with class being the greatest segregation device in the so-called post-apartheid South Africa, it gives access to all income brackets. It is unfortunate that it is ableist, which is a lesson to be learned from BRTs in the formal transport system. So, what do we do? Oh, the question that we always come back to. What do we do? Firstly, we found that a day of experiencing commuting around Cape Town using only public transport was not enough time to observe. There are various other variables to consider before reaching concise decisions, such as peak hours and safety, which is another reason why people who can opt for the privacy of their private car. So a starting point starts with this conversation. The obvious challenge is who facilitates that conversation. When various stakeholders are not currently at the same table and the bureaucratic players are not serving their role of bringing through these various stakeholders to the table to discuss co-production and collaboration, progress is extremely difficult. Transport infrastructure engineers, minibus taxi system representatives, private transport representatives, and commuter representatives need to start chatting, seriously chatting, in order to prevent conflict in future plans. Using the same hypothetical example introduced earlier in the episode, wherein we described one lane of all roads being reserved for the BRT, we would potentially see huge conflict between the BRT and the informal minibus system, because taxis would be fighting for space in the congested lanes with private cars, and so the system would become less efficient and the possibility of losing money would increase. 
Maybe people would create their own carpool systems. Who knows? And so these conversations are imperative to prevent that kind of conflict. Maybe the BRT and taxis could negotiate in the reserved lane. And I suppose maybe we let that happen. However, we need to come to terms with the fact that we cannot eliminate the informal taxi system. How do we read our ways of moving in the city with situated knowledge without constantly referring to the effective models presented in the global north? The fact is that there is an abundant amount of other knowledge yet to be uncovered because we have confined the effectiveness of our economy, transport and political systems in proximity to the global north. As soon as we begin to de-link from that, Perhaps we can allow for principles of functioning that suit our context, our South African context, instead of deeming our system inefficient because we haven't reached global standards yet. How do we move forward? We need leadership. Leadership that prioritizes access. As designers and citizens, we are working in reaction to a city intentionally designed to segregate. Access is a tool in amending our built environment. The challenge is that this will come at a cost, but in the greater scheme of humanity, surely it is a cost worth facing strategically. Let us know what you think in the comments section and stay up to date with our website, www.matri-archi.com.